to some highlights from the 10 songs I've released so far in 2017. It's satisfying for me to hear them all together like that after a year of working on the individual songs in the moment and then to pull back the focus and take them in. Uh, it's a pretty accurate picture of my year. Gives me perspective. For the vast majority of you, uh, you haven't heard these songs before. 
And one of the two main reasons I started this podcast in the first place is to change that. I figured it was important to play these songs at the beginning as a reminder that, first and foremost, I'm an artist. And the way I channel the support I receive is through my Patreon page. I've been releasing my new material exclusively through Patreon for the past three years. This is it, folks. It's not going away. 26 original songs so far that aren't available any other way. They're not on Apple. They're not on Spotify. The only way to get my music now is by pledging your support directly to me, the way it should be. Aside from using this podcast to showcase other artists I believe in, this is my way of putting pieces of my own music out into the world. If you liked anything you just heard, what I'm offering is that music, plus all the new music I make, plus more, if you're interested in more. Uh, plus, this is a two-part podcast. The real talk and the full uninterrupted songs are in part two. And part two is only available, you guessed it, to those who support me through Patreon. So, if you're like most people who subscribe to a music streaming service and to Netflix and to Hulu and Amazon Prime and, and don't even look at your credit card statements, I hope you'll agree that pledging a dollar a month to support me in this non-corporate scenario is at least equally important. Nobody's getting rich off this, folks. I'm just making my way in the digital age, and I'd really appreciate your support. Okay. It's time for my annual top picks of the year. This started maybe 20 years ago. Uh, a group of music-loving friends started emailing little music reviews to each other at the end of the year to share the stuff we liked that affected us the most. Uh, this was before the internet was anything like we know it today, uh, before podcasts or iTunes or live chatting. These were reply-all emails. It was just friends sharing with each other with no worries about expressing our opinions. And as I toured and built my own email list, I started including a link to my picks each year for those who were interested. And I thought it would be mildly interesting to a few folks. I've been surprised every year to find that my top picks have consistently been one of the most opened, most clicked emails I send. And the first year I didn't post one, that was 2008. I had a small avalanche of messages asking me what had happened. If I have the chance to make anyone stop and think, oh, hey, good music goes away if I don't put my money where my mouth is, then I'll do that. So I split my list in half. Here in part one of the podcast, we'll check out my picks for number 10 through number six. And then five, four, three, two, and number one will be in podcast part two. There are no records on this list that were released after Halloween 2017. Nothing from November or December. Why? Because as I'm creating this, it's early December, and albums that came out in November are still brand new to me. I'm just getting to know them. The industry knows that what's newer gets perceived as what's better a lot of the time. And if you put an album out right before the best of the year lists are compiled, you stand a better shot at being included on those lists. In the past, I took to announcing my list in early January, but there were still a few times when I included a November or December release just because I was in my honeymoon period with the record, and looking back, it was a bad idea. I'd rather make an objective call. There are at least 10 really promising records that have come out since November, uh, many of which I've been looking forward to. 
If I still dig them in a few months, I'll absolutely let you know. But I'm going to stop myself from saying something is great just because it's new and shiny. One more thing. This isn't presented in order. I'm not playing these from number 10 down to number 6 like Casey Kasem. The songs won't, air quotes, get better as we go. Presenting things that way works well in print, but in this format, where you actually get to hear the music I'm talking about, it's kind of stupid. Uh, What I think works best is to give you a show that flows well from one song to the next, so I arrange the songs that way. Some records have great mellow tunes, and some have great upbeat tunes, and it's not a question of what's good. It's all good. That's why it's here. So please don't worry about what I thought was number eight versus number ten. Just enjoy it. And remember, art goes away when you stop paying attention. father's eyes left me brown and colorblind twisting in the wind like he'd never been they took my father's eyes down in georgetown on the water the fog rolls in off the river the winter's dying a velvet death down by college kids and epithets They took my father's eyes Left us in the red Left us waiting for a sign Left us waiting on the dead Wrap them thick around us And keep us from ourselves Get Gordian labyrinth-like And never let them cut it out There's nothing to be said for growing up There's nothing to be said for standing still Nothing to be said Waiting till you're asked Cause none of this will last Work the room and shine Cover them in lies Yeah, just let them see the prize There's something to be said For taking what is mine Illy Amy is an acronym for I Love You and I Miss You. 
and Iliami is also a band I have followed for many years now. Their co-captains, Rob Hinkle and Heather Lloyd, actually graced this podcast not so very long ago, and you're welcome and encouraged to check that episode out for all the details. But in a nutshell, this album, Cicada, is Rob's brainchild, and he wrote the lion's share of it during an event called FOM, which stands for February Album Writing Month. The challenge is apparently to write 14 songs in the month's 28 days, and that pushed him to explore sounds and approaches he'd never tried before in the context of the band. I dig it when acts that have established a, quote, sound take chances and try new things. As long as I can still hear the artist through whatever context they've created, I love it. And on this record, Rob steers the band through uncharted territory for over half the album. Rob has kind of honed and owned Iliami's brand of aggressive, syncopated, rapid-fire harmony folk for a good long while. Uh, so while the tunes that embody that aesthetic are strong, on this album, there's really only three of them. But it's cool. It's refreshing to hear the album open with something cinematic and unsettling like Georgetown or break into something reggae-influenced with actual steel pans like the song Common we just heard. And that's only the tip of the iceberg. For those familiar with the group, this is an evolutionary album, like you haven't heard before. And for those new to Iliami, you've caught them at an interesting time in their lives. I've been a fan of Peter Mulvey for, what, 17 years now? Part of the reason for that is that he is an unconditional fan of humans. And it is through listening to his music that I am confronted by the fact that I am not. But after a good long soak in the leathery rasp of his voice and the boom and the creak of his guitar work, he always gets through to me. And it's through his work that I've been able to consider and appreciate the best of what folk music in general has to offer. When he announced that his new album, Are You Listening, would be produced by Ani DeFranco and would feature her band, I was in I whooped and I made the noise as I hit the pre-order button. Two great tastes. They can only taste great together. I was convinced. And it's really good. Storybook collaborations between stars sometimes sound better on paper than they do in real life. But the majority of this collection exceeds my expectations, and that is saying a lot. My favorites from this disc tend to be the even-numbered tracks. They're mostly the waltzes and the anthems. I think this is where Mulvey always shines. These songs sound born of real, candid experience, of intimate relationships, lyrics written in the style of personal letters or diary entries, choruses that soar with harmonies provided by violinist Anna Tivill. She's great. When it's on, it's the closest thing I can recall to Glenn Hansard and Marquetta Erglova, uh, they of the movie Once and The Swell Season. My two favorite pieces are The Other Morning Over Coffee and the title track, Are You Listening? Here's Peter Mulvey. Are you listening? Are you listening? Are you listening? Listening, I got a new life. 
got a new life. I'm listening. Are you telling me? Are you telling me? Are you telling me? I think you're telling me you got a new life. You got a new life. I'm listening. You've always taken pains to say thank you for listening to these sad sack stories, and at this point, I believe I can honestly say, you're welcome. I'm a pretty good listener. I get it from my mother. But there is one thing that has always bothered me about our friendship. One thing I owe it to you to say.
virtually unknown in the U.S., but he has been blowing minds elsewhere on the planet for years. Before you ask yourself, he is not a DJ. He doesn't just spin pre-recorded music and raise his hands in the air. He's a musician, and he uses the term live production to describe his performances. Like his name suggests, he's a master of looping, and he creates all the music in a live setting with triggers and loopers and keyboards and percussion instruments and microphones. Go YouTube him. You'll lose an hour or two down that rabbit hole. I remember thinking that I'd gotten pretty decent at looping when I first went to Europe for a music trade event. And then I experienced Rico performing a set with nothing but a loop pedal, a microphone, and a glass bottle half full of water. My brain exploded, and I've been a fan ever since. His new album, Flower to the Moon, contains the first work of his that I've heard with full professional production, and it strikes a good balance of trance-style EDM with the improvised, organic, tribal, vocal-heavy jams I associate with him. If at first you think this is inconsistent with my taste, think again. I've listened to Nitin Sawney for years, and if that's not a name you recognize, I also think a lot of the album sounds like a not-so-distant relative of Gautier, just with a bent towards trance instead of pop. It's intended to be experienced continuously, so when you download it, you actually get the album twice, once as individual tracks, and then also as one 55-minute uninterrupted piece. I know not everyone who listens to me has an appreciation for electronic music, but if you're looking to dip a toe in, Rico Loop is an awesome place to start. Megan Slankard's output this year is the only content on this list that doesn't actually take the form of an album, which is one of the reasons I'm excited about it. Like me, Megan is an artist who has turned to Patreon to support her career. She's been using the site longer than I have, and her success is a testament to how a singer-songwriter can still make a living in the digital age. She releases a new song every month, so there's no delineation as to what you'd consider a specific song collection. Her patrons can decide which songs resonate most with them and then make their own playlists or burn CDs accordingly. Thankfully, that's not hard to do because her output has been consistently great. Her voice is as excellent as ever and her vocal harmony arrangements are a treat I look forward to each month. She's always been a badass guitarist and now her production chops have become pretty sweet in very short order. She's a one-woman hit factory, and it has not gone unnoticed. Last I checked, she was well over 200 patrons. Like I said before, this is the new normal. Direct support for artists keeps artists creating their best work instead of hustling to make ends meet. And this is just more proof. Here's a bit of my favorite songs of hers this year. Magical Thinking is the second tune. But first, this isn't just one of my favorite Megan tunes, for me, it's easily just one of the best songs of 2017, titled simply Carl Sagan. Here's Megan Slankard. Floating on a dot of blue, come to know I'm not alone. And as I think it over, like over, there's so much that I'll never know. The wind is howling out the truth.
Amber Rubarth tapped into something long ago that so many artists miss. It's about moments. You can sing all your notes perfectly, nail every articulation, practice till your fingers fall off, turn every phrase into a clever rhyme. But if the song ends without a moment that makes the audience react or think or feel, it doesn't have to be life-changing, it just has to be, then what's the point of all that effort? Over the years, she's made nearly every kind of record a singer-songwriter can make, but she's gradually been moving towards sparse and more intimate production. This is a good thing. She's sounded this vulnerable and in the moment before on her live albums, but this is the first studio offering from her that I think has really captured the essence of what her audiences feel at her shows. It takes bravery to make an album this exposed. Like, oh, there was a little bump during the recording of the guitar. It's fine. It's part of the moment. Sometimes hearing the little foibles makes everything a little more magic because it's real. And, oh, you've heard that chord change before? Well, of course you have. You've heard them all. Listen to this one, though, because it's performed honestly. Or you've heard a song about love before, a song about loneliness, a song about longing, a song about considering your place in the world. Of course you have. Listen to these songs, though, because they're magic. Anything profound is also, by definition, simple. But in songwriting, there's a fine line between those two terms, and Amber has become a master at straddling that line. This is particularly true in songs like Fall Asleep and Wishing Song. Here's Amber Rubarth. If I fall asleep again If I fall asleep again Will the moon come and warm my skin If I fall
was a song So when anything went wrong We'd just cross it out and try another rhyme And that brings us halfway through my list, folks. I've included links to all this music in the show notes. This music is on Bandcamp, on iTunes, and in the cases of Megan Slankard and myself, through Patreon. So if you heard anything that caught your attention, just click on through and please put your money where your mouth is. You know, adding guacamole to a meal costs nearly $2? Just for a couple spoonfuls that they splut onto your burrito? Two bucks. And most people don't bat an eye paying that. Maybe you're one of these people. If you are, but you feel reluctant to pay a dollar for a song, man, blame whoever you like, but ultimately, the problem is staring back at you from the mirror, and you know it's not right. But you can do something about it. Support creators who produce quality, folks. Or don't complain when you don't have any quality in your life. If you're a supporter of mine on Patreon... Head over there and check out part two of the podcast, where we'll count down the rest of my picks for the year. Cream of the crop is still ahead, folks. We'll see you there.